we do have a special speaker with us today, and so I'm going to welcome him to come. This is Pastor David Garcia. He will introduce himself and tell you more, but can we give a warm CCC welcome to Pastor David Garcia. Good morning. I just want to thank God that I'm saved. The Lord has kept me. Went through a big trial in September of last year. My wife of 51 years, Nellie, went home to be with Jesus. She had the worst form of breast cancer a woman can have. Died. The doctor gave her three to six months. She died three and a half weeks later. And it's been rough. But you know, the grace of God. We have to live what we preach. And she was a tremendous woman of God. Uh, This morning, I'm going to speak in such a way. Look at your notes for a moment. I I hope you bought a pen. Uh, I know when Pastor Jason preaches, uh, he's worth taking notes over. And I publicly thank Jason Hanks uh, for having me preach in his absence, which uh, says a lot. Uh, I'm an author. I've written books. I have a, a, a tremendous passion for, for students, young people, 25 and under, or 45 and under. <laughs> I wrote this book in 1992, Don't Awaken Love Before the Time, from the Song of Solomon, Why Young People Lose When They Date. I am talking about talking, not touching. Look at me, everybody. Our young people are all over each other. If that's a shock to you, welcome to the 21st century. Uh, I I wrote this for the University of Florida students. I now use it for fifth graders. Fifth, sixth, and seventh graders. That's how bad we've become. Uh, How many teachers are here? Let me see. Who teaches in elementary school or school? Just ask any teacher... When you walk out of the room, what happens to your students? A lot of them talk, mess around, but a lot of them are all over each other. Believe me. And uh, we need to put a stop to that. And uh, God's people are set free through knowledge. Uh, Then a smaller one, redefining sex in dating guidelines for students and young adults in love, sex, dating, and marriage. This is for, it depends on on the student, uh, ninth 10th grade all the way up to age 25. Look at me. This is talk, no touch. You don't get to know somebody with this. This fools you. This makes you think you're in love. You are in lust. You're not in love, okay? And But there are hardly any books on what you should do when you're seeing somebody. Whether you're seeing them, going out with them, these are, men, these are books that tell you what to do, what to ask, because uh, when you ask, you get information. You process that information and you find out, is this person for me? Do they really love Jesus? If, you, if you're a passionate Christian in love with Jesus, you don't want to go out with somebody who does not love Jesus. Amen. It will pull you down. Oh. Yes. Pastor Garcia, I'll get him saved. No, he's going to send you to hell, honey. Okay? Listen, I've been around for the block a few times. Uh, If you don't get anything else, this is probably one of the most powerful little books that are out there. The little books are $5. The other ones are $15. Overcome any crisis guaranteed. I mentioned this last time. In Luke 6, verse 46, Jesus said, Whoever comes to me, Here's my saying and does them. I'll show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house. And he dug deep. And he laid the foundation on the rock. And when, not if, when the rivers come. I say rivers. Those are problems. You are going to get smacked in life. Problems are going to hit you whether you want them or not. You can live in Timbuktu in a hut by yourself. And problems are going to come. Jesus said, but if you dig deep. And you lay your life's foundation on the rock of the word of God. 
Those problems would just bounce right off of you. I'm shocked as I travel how many Christians do not dig deep and lay their foundation on the rock. Then this one is the gospel of the kingdom of God. I'm surprised how many Christians think the kingdom of God is heaven. It is not heaven. It is the rulership and the government of God in your life and over your life. And so Jesus spoke so much about the kingdom of God. Paul, towards the end of his life, mentioned the kingdom of God. And I'm, I, I'm surprised so many Christians think the kingdom of God was oh, the rapture. It's the coming of the Lord. No, that's just a small part of it. The kingdom of God is when Jesus is king over your life. Yes. King over your decisions. I'm not talking about when you go to Publix. Say, Lord, do I buy lettuce or tomato? No. I'm talking about major decisions in your life. Then this one, Portrait of a Powerful Last Day Christian, is my, really my bestseller, is based on one chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 30. David is at a place called Ziglag, which means winding. And uh, the enemy came in, stole the animals, the children, the babies, the wives. David's in the middle of the desert, and he says, Lord, should I go and recover them? Never do anything unless God gives you the go-ahead. And the Lord said, go. And the Lord showed them exactly, and he recovered all. This is a, a manual on how to take back what the devil has robbed from you. Okay? Then this one, Becoming a Friend of God, is about ten chapters on how people found God. I am chapter four. This People might not read the Bible, but they, they love stories. And my story, to, to how God rescued me, from certain sins, it's, it's all in here. Most of the sins are covered by one or two of the, the, the people in this book, okay? And then, lastly, my latest book, Becoming Christ-like. This is a verse-by-verse, interesting description of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness. Uh, you can get to heaven, you can't get to heaven without the fruit, People think they can get to heaven with the, with the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit helps you, somebody else be blessed. But there's no guarantee you're going to go to heaven. A lot of tongue talkers are going to be in hell. A lot of people who prophesy will be in hell. Excuse me, Matthew 7, didn't Jesus say, but didn't, you, didn't we prophesy in your name? Come on, give me a wave. Didn't we do this in your name? He says, I never knew you. Because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And so uh, stop by the book table. If I, I live in Spring Hill, so if, if I'm out of a certain book, I will, I will get your address and mail it to you soon. Okay, you have your notes? Yes. Wave them at me. <clears throat> I hope you have a pen to write with. When you sit under Pastor Jason, you ought to have a pen, paper, and be attentive. Because he's a fine preacher teacher. He really is. And again, I want to thank him for trusting me in his absence uh, to preach on his pulpit. So, Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, for your anointing to teach this message. I pray that as we listen to it, it would permeate our hearts, change our lives. Because you are telling your people, get out of complacency. There's too much comfort in the body of Christ. Speak with a rod of iron this morning. But bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Lift up your hands and bow your heads. Pray with me. Jesus, I pray that as Pastor David teaches, you would change my life. Speak to me from this plague of complacency. Never let me think I've arrived because then I'll be too comfortable to obey your voice. I give you the praise and honor in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Uh, I don't like to keep twisting my neck, so I'm going to trust the PowerPoint people. Can you say amen? Let's put up the first slide, all right? All right. Complacency. Say it with me. Complacency. The whole, when I was praying for this message, the Lord told me one word, speak on complacency. I said, does, does that mean that 
a lot of people in the church are complacent? Yeah. They think they've arrived. They're doing good. And they're roller skating. Their lives are on cruise control. And they're about ready to hit an accident if they don't watch out. Amen? Amen. Let's look at these two scriptures. First one is from the NIV, Hebrews 6, verses 11 to 12. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end, so that what you hope for may be fully realized. Give me a wave of what you're hoping for. You want it to come to pass. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience Inherit what God has promised. How many of you would like that? Let's look at it in the TPT version. The Passion Translation. But we long to see you passionately advance until the end and you find your hope fulfilled. So don't allow your hearts to grow dull. Say that with me. Don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm. But follow the example of those who fully receive what God has promised because of their strong faith and patient endurance. Let's get ready to run. Are you ready? Number one, definition. Oh, good. It's in the back. Definition is self-satisfaction. Self-satisfaction with your work performance, your marriage, and your spiritual walk. By the way, I strongly encourage you... You will only remember 5% of what Pastor Jason preaches if all you do is hear. Maybe 3% of what I'm saying if all you do is hear. So, uh, Pastor, are you trying to convict me? Yeah. Get a pen out. Write it and spit if you have to. You'll You'll never remember this. So, if you don't have a pen and paper, get the recording. You do have a recording, right? Yes. Get the recording. Play it over and over again. Definition of complacency, self-satisfaction with your work performance, marriage, spiritual walk. May I say your, uh, your high school, your education, etc., etc. In other words, the middle name for this is I've arrived. I'm good. You ever hear that? How you doing? How you doing, Faith? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Some of you lie. You're not good. You're not doing good. You're doing bad, but you tell everybody, I'm good, while I'm speaking by faith. No, you just lied. (laughs) Number two, symptoms. What, how do I know if I'm complacent? Are you ready? Listen, if this smacks you in the face, take it. I I, I usually pray about maybe five or ten things, what should I bring? I heard the Lord say, complacency. You don't need to study or pray about anything else because a lot of the people in the church you're going to preach are complacent. Their middle name is, I've arrived. I'm okay. I'm good. What are the symptoms? First of all, concerning assumptions. Everybody say assumption. Assumption. Things that you assume are are, are true. For example, number one, next friend, I'm doing a great job. My boss loves me. My teachers love me. My mother and father think I'm the best thing on planet earth. My kids never do any wrong. That's called deception, by the way. I'm doing a great job. Secondly, I have a great marriage. Careful, we just spoke to your wife the other day. Spoke to your husband. I'm doing I have a great marriage. Thirdly, I'm on fire for God. I'm on such fire that the chairs may burn. Look at me. If you lie, you fry. (laughs) Pastor Jason was meeting with you one-on-one. And you say, Pastor, am I on fire for God? If he bows us and goes, well, sort of, kind of. There should be no sort of kind of. People should know you're burning for Jesus. Now, concerning alternatives. I need not look for other ways to improve. Is anybody here like that? 
I need not look for any ways to improve. If I interviewed your neighbor, would they know you're saved? No. Would your neighbor say, he's such a great neighbor. I, I know he's a Christian. He doesn't have to improve on anything. Never loses his temper. Always willing to help. Never complains. Number two, I do not need further study, workshops, or methods. Pastor Jason recommends a conference to go to. He's not talking to me in one ear, out the other. I'm fine. I've arrived. No, you haven't. You need to keep pressing on. When he preaches, take notes. He's worth taking notes over. You have one of the best preachers in Central West Florida. Great preacher, teacher. Take notes. Well, I'll just get the, I'll listen to the recording. No, you won't. Number three, when do you go from confidence to complacency? I don't intend to preach long because I plan to have a long altar service so that the Lord can deal with us in these altars right here. Love churches with a big altar area. That means you take come forward to get your life right seriously. When do you go from confidence to complacency? First of all, problems indicating complacency. Let's see if we can identify a couple of these things. First of all, when you stop appreciating. On the way here, the Lord burdened me. Too many Christians, uh, are you saved? Yes. You die, you're going to go to heaven. But you stop appreciating. I can tell you this, Nellie and I were married 51 years. Rarely did a day go by when I didn't thank her for cooking, Mm -hmm. for having a house clean. Mm -hmm. She goes, honey, you told me that yesterday. I said, yeah, but you keep doing it. So I I, I keep telling you. Teenagers, young people, students, do you appreciate your parents? Do you tell them? Do you appreciate your brothers and sisters? Do you appreciate your room when they tell you to clean it? Do you see what I'm saying? Thank God you have a house. I minister to a lot of people who are living in the street. Some of them are saved. Don't take your mortgage payment for granted. Appreciate your teachers when you go back to school. It's kind of hard during summer school. But appreciate your teachers. Students appreciate Christian people who love God. Girls, listen to me. Don't ever go out with a boy who does not love Jesus. Guys, don't ever go out with a girl who doesn't love Jesus. You will wind up doing things that you will regret. I'm glad I'm not preaching to the choir. (laughs) Number two. When you take it or them for granted. Look at me everybody. Do you take your church for granted? No. You think every church has preaching like this one? No. Absolutely not. I pastored in Brooksville, the big dome church, for 30 years. I can tell you, many, and I travel, many churches do not hear preachers behind this pulpit tell them the truth. I hear pastors say, man, Dave, you know. If I said something like that, I'd lose people. I said, if you don't say something like that, you'll lose them to the devil. You don't need pastors who preach sermonettes to Christianettes. You need the truth and the love of Jesus. So don't take the church for granted. Don't take your brethren for granted. Don't take Jesus for granted. Number three, when you stop trying to grow and improve. When you stop trying to grow and improve, you're complacent. Yes. I'll ask you this. Some of the guys may be a little convicted. When was the last book you read? Uh-oh. Read? Yeah. R-E-A-D. Read. When was the last book you read? 
When was the last book you bought? The last book you borrowed. Say, I don't have the money. Borrow something. Ask the pastor, can I see your library? What do you recommend I should read? I don't need to read. I'm saved. You're complacent. You need to keep on keeping on growing. Pastor, you got a lot of nerve coming in here, you know, tell me. Yeah, I know. My wife used to say, that's your middle name. You got a lot of nerve. But you know what? I'm still growing. I'm still starving. I'm still reading books. I'm still reading articles. I'm still writing books. Number four, when you accept mediocrity as the norm, you have complacency. When you accept mediocrity as the norm. Pastor, I don't really understand those words. When you accept just being average, same old, same old, as normal, you're not only mediocre, but you are complacent. When you stop fasting, I don't need to fast. Pastor, all my kids are saved. Thank God for that. But there's still things to fast over. I feel the Holy Spirit right now to tell you, listen, God loves you, but he is mildly rebuking you because you have not sought the face of the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength. I also hear the Lord saying, why do you sing songs that you don't really live and do? Can I get an amen from the bleacher seats back there? Amen. Amen. Number five, you know you reach complacency when you stop self-evaluating and stop having a vision. I'm not a pastor. I don't need a vision. Of course you need a vision. You need a vision for your sons. You need a vision for your daughters. For the glory of God. And I wouldn't say this unless the Lord told me. Both my kids are pastors. My daughter is 39. She's, excuse me, 49. She's nervous. She's looking at the 5-0 soon. Her two kids and her husband, they're both pastors. Her and her husband out in Omaha, Nebraska. Big Assembly of God Church. My son pastors in the outskirts of Georgia. He is saved. He's a preacher. Loves the Lord. His daughter and son love the Lord. His wife... Both of them have great marriages. That is not an accident. That's a result of fasting and prayer and evaluation. As they were growing up, I would say, son, how's it going, man? No, it's it's, it's fine. It's fine. You know, you know, young people, fine, fine. They answer with one syllable. I say, son, please answer me with more than one syllable and no grunts. Answer me. Yes, no. Tell me why. And you know what? They're better parents than than, than I, I was. Both my kids. They're stricter than I ever was. That's a legacy you want to have. Secondly, the process involved in complacency. I want you to pray and look at this process and may the Holy Spirit show you if you are on your way to being complacent. Are you saying I'm not saved? No, I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm saying that you probably are not getting anybody else saved. That you are roller skating through your Christianity. Hardly seeing any answered prayer. Hardly never leading anybody to Christ. Listen, if you're not influencing somebody, because some of us are not talkers, then buy a track and give them a track. Do good works for them. Say, hey David, what can I do in return? You can read this. Read this book. Read this track. Come to church with me. That's how you get people to church. Do, great, do, do good works for them. And when they say, what can I do in return? You can come to church with me. Oh, I'm busy next Sunday. We're in the beach. Good. Is there a Sunday coming up that you're not in the beach? The first step in this process towards complacency is consecration. Everybody say consecration. What does that word mean? Let me say a 15-year-old can understand me. It means you're, you're close to God. Somebody may call you holy, but you're close to God. You hear his voice. You speak to him on a daily basis. We all begin with consecration. 
We need to stay there. From consecration, we move to commitment. Everybody say commitment. Commitment. Now you're committed to attend this church. You're committed to go to Bible study. You're committed to read your Bible. You're committed to pray. You're committed to say I'm sorry when you blow it. You act out your consecration. From commitment, you go to commendation. Everybody say commendation. commendation. This is when people commend you. Wow, there's something different about uh, How come your kids are so well behaved? Well, we do our best to serve Jesus. Yes. We don't need to be Pharisees and say, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't need to answer that way. God in his mercy, as we're serving God, has blessed me with obedient kids. Kids who love God. Amen. So, commendation. We need to ask ourselves. Are people commending us? Do they provoke us to say, what's different about you? How come you're not like everybody else? I've had neighbors, but then I have you. Then you go to comfort. Everybody say comfort. Comfort. See, when you get commendation enough, it's so easy to say, I have arrived. I have arrived. Jesus knows me by name. Of course he does. Knows everybody else by name too. You're not special. You're just saved. But we get to this place of comfort. I don't need to pray and fast. God knows my... Say that with me. God knows my heart. Knows I love him. I don't need to draw close to him. After all, I go to church every Sunday. So does the devil. He tries to come in here too. Sometimes he sits on our lap. Can I get an amen from the bleacher seats back there? All right. Number four is dangerous, comfortable. Because from four, you go to number five, conceit. I am something else. Pastor needs something, you know he's going to call me. They need prayer, they're going to call me to pray because they know I know how to pray. Easy, tiger. Thank God, by the mercy of God, you have drawn near to God. And the only reason you drew near to God is because he drew near to you. It's called grace. Grace is undeserved favor. And in his love for us, he he gives everybody the opportunity of grace. So from conceit, we go to number six. Comparison. Here's where the enemy really comes in. Boy, I know. I'm really needed in this church. Not like her. She misses a couple of Sundays a month. Not like me. See that? Are you still saved? Yes. Are you being dumb? Yes. Pride comes before a fall. And you begin comparison. I think it's 2 Corinthians 10. We dare not compare ourselves with ourselves. They that compare themselves with themselves are not wise but fools. From compromise, you go to number six, excuse me, conceit, comparison, number seven, covetousness. Covetousness. What do you mean by that? Covetousness is an, an, a very strong desire for a person, place, or thing that somebody else has. You need to avoid covetousness. It's the result of comparison. If you don't compare yourselves with anybody, you will never covet. In other words, you don't say, honey, we need a new car. Why? Because the neighbor got a nice car. And he's not even saved. I need to show him I'm saved, sanctified, and prosperous in Jesus' name. Son, you need to get a hold of yourself. The one you have now, you can't afford. You're going to get another one? Then we go to complacency. Excuse me. Compromise. Number nine. Complacency. This is where you don't want to go. 
When you are complacent, you think everything is fine. People tell you, how's your marriage? Oh, fantastic. Don't talk to my spouse, but it's fantastic. <laughs> how's your ministry? Oh, absolutely fine. Yeah, you tell people, how are you doing? Fine. That's the southern answer. I'm fine. I'm fine. Am I telling you the truth? Every now and then we need a person who's close to us, who loves us, to tell you, dude, you are not fine. I see pride growing in your life. And in the love of Jesus, I need to tell you, when you first came to Christ, you were on fire for God. You were humble. Now you think you deserve everything. You need to watch yourself. And if that person turns around and says, who do you think you are? I thought I was your friend. I thought I was a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Speaking the truth to you in love. After all, you asked me. And now that I speak to you, now you're all upset. We need to understand these nine steps to complacency and spiritual comfort. Now, how do you, how do you conquer these things? Experiment. Conquering complacency. I didn't intend to speak long. I intend to have a long altar service. Because if you're honest, and I say, if God has spoken to you, get your, come on up here. Let's pray to God. Let's repent. Amen. Let's return to our first love. Do you remember when you got saved? Yes. We couldn't shut you up. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. You told everybody. You preached to a dog. <laughs> you told everybody about Jesus. Now, oh well, I might offend them. You need to stay fanatical for Jesus. That's what the Lord told me. Tell the church that when they first got saved, they were on fire for God. Now they're lukewarm. Are they in danger of going to hell? No, I'm just saying they're not going to bring anybody else to heaven with them. How do you conquer complacency? First of all, Pursue excellence. Pursue excellence. Serve Jesus as you serve your boss on the job. If some of us treated the church and Jesus the way we treat our job, we'd be fired. We'd be told, we'd be written up, slacking off. When was the last time you declared a fast? Yeah, Pastor, I'm diabetic. I can't fast. You, you can fast lunch. You can fast two meals. No, but my sugar, your sugar will be all right. I know I'm type 2 diabetic. Your sugar will be fine. You will not drop dead. You just eat too much. Oh, Pastor Jason, don't ever invite this dude back to preach. In my face. Who who does he think he is? I'm the one he invited to preach. Number one. Recognize complacency and mediocrity. How do I recognize that? I'm not on fire for God like I used to be. I'm not excited about my early morning devotion. I'm preaching today and I spend 45 minutes having my devotions. For me. When was the last time you really enjoyed having your morning devotions? If you don't know how to have a devotion, make an appointment with Pastor Jason. You have one of the best. He'll tell you. He'll tell you how to do it. But you need to stay in love with Jesus. I can tell you, in the 51 years of of marriage, I I passionately pursued Nellie. I ran after her every day. And every now and then I let her catch me. But she she knew I loved her. I showed it passionately by my choices, by my desires. Show Jesus the same. Number two, repent. In a few moments, we're going to have a chance to repent. Repent of what, Pastor? Complacency. Comfort. Roller skating in my Christianity. Repenting of that you haven't even witnessed to somebody in years. Mm-hmm. 
You haven't fasted more than that. You're just waiting to go to heaven. You know what the Holy Spirit's saying? Take others to heaven with you. Yes. Be passionate. Look at me. You, there are multitudes of people you know on their way to hell. Cousins, brothers, sisters. What are you doing about it? We need to live right and talk right. Number three, re-surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. I know you believe he's Savior, but is he Lord? Is he the Lord of every decision? I don't go to Publix without asking God. Now, I don't say, Lord, should I buy lettuce or tomatoes? You know, you need to do the obvious. But ask him, do you need me to buy a little bit more? Is somebody coming over unexpected that I need to have some cold cuts extra for? You lead me. He should lead you in everything. Have I done my best to live the life in front of my neighbors, my unsafe family? God, we need to repent. We need to re-surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. How do you do that? Oh, secondly, be open to feedback. Do you have small groups in this church? Any small groups that meet? Some. Be open to feedback. If you're not in a small group, either find one or find a couple of Christians and say, I, I want you to be honest with me and evaluate my walk with God. And ladies, your husband will not walk out on you if you tell him to evaluate you. If he loves God, he will tell you. And when she tells you, gentlemen, don't you lose your temper. You're always criticizing me. You ask for it. When you love Jesus, you want everything to be right. And sometimes, if you're anything like me, you don't see yourself like others see you. Can I get a witness? You need somebody objectively to say, you know what? I just sense in my heart this, this, and that. I've observed this, this, and that. Just pray about it. I don't need an answer now. And then secondly, be open to feedback. How can I best do that? Number one, submit to a coach. Another Christian, somebody who can coach you. Some of us, give me a wave if that's you, you're great in prayer. Uh, You're great in reading, witnessing. Find somebody who does something on fire better than you do and then hang out with them for a bit. Take me with you when you go witnessing. Show me the latest books you've read. Submit to a coach. If you're satisfied with your marriage, fine. You don't need to do that. But if there's room for improvement, if I say room for improvement, Find a a couple that has a great marriage and ask them to speak into your lives. You would be shocked of what they tell you. Number two, constantly stretch yourself spiritually. Constantly stretch yourself spiritually. Because of COVID, I had to stop working out. I'm now going back to the gym. Oh, does my body say, what are you, where art thou? What are you doing? What are you doing to me? My legs, my stomach, my, everything that I'm trying to build up now. And then somebody told me, what you need to do is you need to stretch before you put any weight. You need to accustom your body For the exercise it needs. Well, spiritually speaking, we also need to stretch. Pray more than what you have. Find a spiritual giant and ask them what they do. Imitate those who really are serving God. 
Let's look at Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14, in a different light. In a different light. Not that I have already attained. This is Paul speaking. Or am already perfected. But I press on. Look at me. Paul said I press on. Paul who won half the churches in the New Testament needed to press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Really, Paul? You who wrote half the New Testament? Yeah. I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing, everybody say one thing. One thing. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press, I press, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. If Paul needed to press in, I need to press in. Amen. You need to press in. Amen. Before the service is over, we all need to press in. Amen. Next frame. Altars. We need to go back to the altars. Altar is a place, be it the front of the church or someplace in your house, where you meet with God. You lay it all down before God. Repentance. Regular fasting. Devotions and prayer. This is not anything new. This is not a new revelation. God's calling for a new obedience. And he spoke to me. The majority of the people you'll be speaking to Sunday morning do not do the things that you're saying. Amen. Some of them would be, would be so irritated. Can't wait for you to get out of here. <laughs> Next frame. Practically. Practically. Goals. We need new goals. We need fresh new challenges. Maybe consider a missions trip. We need financial wisdom. Look at me, everybody. The word of the Lord for you is get out of debt as fast as you can. The bottom may come out. Bottom of what, Beth? Our economy. Get out of debt. I haven't had a debt in about 15 years. Everything I have is mine. Might not be much, but it's all mine. We need financial wisdom. We need job excellence. We need your boss to say, I'll never get rid of her. I can't do without him. They make this this organization run. And our relationships, we need to have excellence. We need to keep our word. We need to say what we mean and mean what we say. In love. Number three, constantly seek out people. Who are more successful than you are. Yes. You want to be a good teacher? Hang out with people who are successful teachers. Yes. You want to have a great marriage? Find people who have great marriages and hang out with them. Yes. Let that anointing come all over you. See, anointing is caught. It's not taught. Amen. It's caught. Amen. Thirdly. Periodic evaluation. Ask pastor. Pastor's probably too busy. But ask us the faith or somebody, a men's leader. Listen, I want to meet with you once every two weeks. I want you to evaluate me. Ask me any question you want. What's my goal? My goal is to be pleasing, more pleasing to Jesus. To be a better husband, a better wife, a better parent, a better church member. I want you to look at my heart. You be an x-ray machine. You be a divine MRI and tell me the truth. I love the way you're shouting on that one. <laughs> we need a passion thermometer. Yes. How passionate am I? Do you remember when you first got saved? Yes. When we first got saved, we would, we would witness to a pole. Yes. We'd, we'd tell a dog our testimony. We were ready to share Jesus. What happened? What happened? Life life happened. You got complacent. God says, go back to your first love. That's a word for this church. Return to your first love. 
Speaking of which, number one, it's a question you ask yourself. How's my love for God? How is my love for God? It's best to ask your wife or your husband this question. Meet with Pastor Jason or one of the leaders. He's busy. One of the leaders. Tell me the truth. How do you see me in loving God? Well, when we worship, I see you going like this, you know. It's not always an indication, but it's some indication. How's my personal fulfillment? Are you fulfilled? You wake up every day and say, good morning, Monday. What another day to serve the Lord. Or do you say, oh God, it's Monday. I got to go to school. I got to go to work. I got to, I got to, got to, got to. You don't got to anything. When Christ is Lord of your life, there's an excitement in your life. How's my challenge? What challenge? If you don't know the answer to that, you need this question. How is my challenge? What are you doing? Look at me. What am I facing right now that's a big challenge in my life? What goal am I stretching forth? Paul said, I stretch towards the mark. What am I stretching forth? What do I hope to achieve the rest of 2023 that I didn't have in 2022? What's my challenge? If you can't answer that, you're complacent. You're complacent. I disagree with you. That's your prerogative. Number four, how's my pursuit to grow and improve? How's my pursuit to grow and improve? Every head bow, please. Father, in Jesus' name. Pastor David, are you finished? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's not. Father, I have shared what you wanted me to share. Most of the people even took notes and wrote it down. I pray for the people who didn't take notes to get the recording. But from the front of this church to the back, we come to you right now. We need to respond to you. God, how's my love for you? How are my daily devotions? How's my fulfillment in you? What are you currently challenging me with? How's my pursuit to grow and improve? How's my love for God? Do I really love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind? Am I fulfilled? Am I being challenged? While every head is bowed, first and foremost, I want to be sure that everybody here is saved. My friends, we're going to die. Some of us sooner than what we think. Matter of fact, I would dare say, since my last time here in June to now, Some have died. The minute you die, and you will die, will angels immediately escort your soul to heaven? Are you washed in the blood of Jesus? Are you living the truth of the gospel? I'm not saying you're perfect, because I'm not. But if you're living a lie, this is the time to repent. This is the time to say, God, I'm sorry. I need to get my life right. I'm not even sure if I died, whether I am ready for heaven. So while every head is bowed, Father, I bring every thought under the obedience of Jesus. I rebuke every interference of Satan. And I pray that the truth of God, the sword of the Spirit, will cut deep, dividing the soul and spirit. Save souls right now. Some are here and you're backslidden. You're not where you should be. Are you ready to meet Jesus? If you would say, Pastor David Garcia, I'm not sure if I'm born again. I'm not sure if I'm ready to die. I'm not sure if I'm going to go to heaven, but I want to be. If that's you, lift up your hand up high and put it down again. God bless you. 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 Where's my sister? Do me a favor. Francis, stand over here with me. Just right there. 
Those people that raised your hand, do me one more favor so she can see. Raise your hand again. Up high. Two, three, four. Three, four, five, six, seven. I want you with all of your heart to join me in this prayer. Your salvation depends on it. Pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ. It is with all my heart. I raise my hand today because I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I confess and believe. Jesus, you shed innocent blood for my soul. Wash me in the blood. Write my name in the book of life. I want to be born again. Save me, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you that raise your hand, before you leave this service, make sure you give your name to Sister Francis. Okay? And then you can tell the pastor, right? Faith. I share that faith. Okay. Now, did the Lord speak to you this morning? going to ask every single one of you to stand to your feet. Let's come to this altar. To do what, Pastor? To repent of spiritual laziness, comfort. Let's get everything right with God. Come. Come to the Lord. Come to Him this morning. Don't stand looking around who's going forward. You look at yourself. God will hold you accountable for this message. Pastor David, why are we going to the altar? To get our lives right with God. To get get back the fire that I used to have. To witness for souls. To look for the coming of the Lord. A fire. To prepare my family. Friends for the coming of the Lord. Do you believe the Lord's coming soon? Then come up here in the name of Jesus. precious thank you Lord this is for those who have come forward if you didn't come forward and you want to pray that's up to you but if you come forward you've humbled yourself and God's going to draw near to you amen let's pray Jesus I surrender to you completely I repent of every known sin. I even repent of every unknown sin. Lord, let me be a flaming fire, a flaming witness to my family and my friends. Change me, God. Give me prophetic words for people. Help me to prophesy to people. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me be on fire for you, Lord. I want to live the songs I, I sing. Do you believe that with all your heart? Yes. Today and this week, witness to at least two or three people. This church will tell you where you can get literature to give to people. When you go to Cracker Barrel, you may have a server who has not heard the gospel. Tell her or him. You know that Jesus loves you and that he died for your sins? Uh, sort of. Say, is there anything we can pray for? And don't take too long because they can get in trouble. You know what I'm talking about. I pray the holiness of God fill you right now in the name of Jesus. I pray the power of God to fill you right now. I'm going to go around and lay hands on people. I'm not going to close the service formally. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Touch this. God is a big man. Make him big in the spirit. Touch. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Touch. Fire, God. Yes. Fire. Thank you, Jesus. Fire. Fire in Jesus' name. 
Fire in the name of Jesus. Fire and righteousness and holiness. Fill right now in the name of Jesus. Touch these two young girls, Lord. I'm not going to knock you over on you, so relax. Touch them with fire, Lord. Save their school friends. Save their neighborhood friends. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands up right now. Jesus, touch us. Touch us. Change us. May we walk out of here never the same. May we leave here today with a boldness to live for you and to witness for you. Now let's pray for every unsaved relative. You have unsaved relatives and friends? Father, save the following people. You know who they are. I'm related to them. Save them, Lord. Save them, God. Don't let them go to hell, Father. In the name of Jesus. Save my friends. Save my relatives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, a new anointing. Touch. Change. in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you never the same never the same pray with me say God I I don't ever want to be the same touch every friend and relative saved in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord touch right now God, change my life. Save my relatives and friends. In Jesus' name. Every hand up. Every hand raised. Lord, as I raise my hands, I'm raising my relatives and friends to you. Would you save them, Lord? Would you prepare them for the rapture? Make me an agent of last day evangelism. Thank you, Lord. I don't ever want to be comfortable, Lord. Keep me on fire for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I bless every marriage here in the name of Jesus. I bless every single here in Jesus' name. Help them to overcome temptation. The Lord fill you with holiness and righteousness. You are the righteousness of God through Jesus' name. I am the righteousness of God. Say that with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I bless you in Jesus' name. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord answer every prayer. The Lord let you know if it's a yes or a no or wait. I feel the anointing on that one. God is telling some of you, wait. You'll get your answer. Telling some of you, yes. Others, no. May you hear his voice clearly in the name of Jesus. I bless you in Jesus' name. I speak health over you. I curse every sickness. I speak healing and health from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Sickness, loose them in the name of Jesus. Let them go. Especially cancer. I command every cancer. Die in that body right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for your presence and your anointing. As we get ready to depart from this place, but not from your presence. In Jesus' name. Did the Lord speak to you today? 
Let's go out and serve them. Thank you so much.